Hello everybody, this is Mark Kumar, you're a lifestyle entrepreneur and proud founder of Simple Podcast Cloud, a platform that allows podcasters to host your audio files so that way you can distribute it to everywhere else. And the one thing we are very different at it, we want you to grow. And as you grow, we do not allow you to limit yourself by having an X amount of podcasts, X amount of download. That's why we give you everything unlimited. We are for podcasts by podcaster. And speaking of podcaster, we have another amazing podcaster here with us today who's going to help you get your journey started or get your, if you're started already, move ahead and your podcasting career. So, Angela, please take your time to introduce yourself to my audiences and the people who listen to the podcast show. May not know about you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, thank you so much, Mark. It's so great to be on here. Um, my name is Anjdav. I'm your business fairy godmother. Um, I'm, from U- I'm from the UK, but I've been living in Singapore for the last 30 years. And I've been running my own business, doing uh, copywriting and content writing for businesses. And over the last few years, I've kind of added on an education arm to the business, Market Smart. And that aims to educate um, people who want to start a business or they're already in a business and they're not sure how to market it. And they're confused with all the tech stuff out there. So I help uh, people basically to build a purposeful, profitable business, basically by teaching what they know or sharing what they know. All right, all right. That's a, I love the title though, Fairy Godmother. That's pretty amazing, unique title you got there. My nice one. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, how did you get into this wonderful, amazing world of podcasting? Um, I think really just by kind of by accident in a way, I was looking for ways to um, share um, to a wider audience. And uh, obviously there's um, Facebook and Facebook Lives and and things like that, and that all involves cameras. Um, But I found that um, that kind of stopped me putting things out there quite so often because often I wasn't dress for the part i didn't have my makeup on and so that it would involve a lot of planning for me to actually get on video (laughs) okay but with podcasts the way i do podcasts is i don't do the video part of it i just do for the audio okay um so um that just enabled me then to just whenever i can think of something i can get on and i can do a podcast um so how i got involved in it really was i just saw an advert on facebook uh, for somebody selling a course on how to to set up your own podcast. And I thought, I want to learn this. So I just uh, applied and I just did everything that they said. And then within a couple of days, I had my own podcast show. <laughs> so I, I kind of designed the tile, you know, the branding and um, got all the software that they said and, and, and got my tools ready. And then I had a little studio and that's how I started and then as i put the message out there really that i had a podcast then i started to get uh people coming to me and saying oh we'd be interested in having you on our show and can you come on and can we be on your show so there's actually no shortage of people to interview and then i end up really sharing um stuff with the world like through people like you it's just absolutely amazing you're in new york and i'm in singapore and then we can do all this wonderful stuff together. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a great world. Isn't it amazing how you can connect with someone else you never even talked to or heard of? And then when you do connect, it's like, wow, I really yeah. like this person. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a great time there. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's amazing. I find it very rewarding. And then not to mention the fact that you get to learn from another industry uh, expert that you may not even know about it. And then they may know things that you're like, I didn't know. What are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, right. And then you get to apply it in your own industry. And then wherever you have learned, it's just like, wow. I want to do yeah. this more. That's why I love podcasting. That's why I love yeah. people like you I can learn from. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, that's right. That's right. All right. So what is your particular podcast about, like, in terms of, like, the content? What do you help people with? 
So it basically is just any um, information on a session by session basis that will allow um, people starting a business to just gain some more information about how they can do that and just giving them the knowledge that actually you can do this. This is what I want to do is empower them to um, to realize that they can, if they want to leave a full time job and set up a business, run it online and uh, really just by sharing what you know you can um you can build a business doing that because people will want to hear from you um you know it's like for example the example i gave about um this lady um that was selling her podcast course and said um then i thought okay i'll sign up for this so i was an audience i was a perfect audience for her at that time because it was something i wanted to learn and i didn't know and just by doing that, I was able to learn it. So, um, and then, you know, so if you have that knowledge, you have some kind of knowledge that other people need to learn, you can monetize on that. So that's really what I wanna help people to do. So um, the things that we talk about range from um, finding that thing that, you know, that skill that you have that you could monetize. Cause a lot of people don't realize that they can monetize certain things um i think people fall into the trap of thinking that okay, it's just normal everybody knows this right and then they don't realize that there's a lot of people out there that don't know it and you can be an expert on something that um and you can monetize that basically because there are people out there that want to learn it so we start off with that then it's how to build your message um how to build your brand um, how to, to, to get your message out there, how to connect with people, how to find the people that naturally want to buy from you. So we start off with that. So I have a system that's called Get Ready, Get Seen, Get Business. So I basically focus my content around those three buckets of information. How do you get ready? That's the branding. How do you get seen? That's more the um, internet marketing, social media marketing, and then how to get business. That's the relationship building, the copywriting, the you know, the transition through to sales, basically on there. Oh. So it's the conversions. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I really like the fact that you broke it down in small buckets and not like everything you got to do this, 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 like just focus on these three, these three things. And you yeah. Do it. And I'm yeah. really, really interested. And I know people who are going to be listening to this, they might be also interested in it. It's like, how mm. do you get started? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so, so someone uh, who is just who has a like a regular nine to five job, yeah. And then how do you how does that person get started? So first of all, it's it's understanding that you you can do it. It's it's carving out that little bit of extra time during the week to start okay. to set things up. Okay. So in my program that I offer, we we do it step by step on okay. how they get started. So you want to first decide on what what is your message to the world what is that special thing that you can um, give, right? And then we build the whole business around that then. So then it's coming up with your, your brand story, your um, understanding who your customer is that's going to buy from you, your avatar, things like that. So what is the message? And that's the hardest thing. I think one of the hardest things is the message. How are you going to package it, basically? Because there's a difference between selling something Mm -hmm. Anybody can sell something, but it, it's not going to be particularly enticing if you're just saying, here, here's what I have, right? So the, the, the skill really is, or the secret is really to package it in a way that makes it enticing for people. So if I just said to you, I'm going to help you start your own business, that's what, well, hmm, okay, well, anyone can do, anyone can help me do that. What's so special about you? Right. Right. But if I say I've got a proven three-step system, get ready, get seen, get business, now I've packaged that offer. Right. So it's automatically more enticing. And then if you give someone a system, that makes them more comfortable and more likely to, to sign up. Because if, you, if they know that it's a system, it means it's, it's something that they can follow. It's something that's duplicable. So it's a step-by-step -step process. So they're not going to get lost along the way. Okay, right. so can we do a little case study here? Let's say if I want to start a podcast, mm -hmm. but I'm a baker or let's just go with another one. Uh, let's just say I'm a photographer 
and yeah. I want to start a podcast, and uh-huh. I come to you it's like, hey, I need to get started, quote unquote, by right. podcasting. Right. What right. advice would you give me? So one of the things will be okay. So you you're wanting to. Um, put your podcast out about what it is that you do, right? So your skill is photography. Yep. So we need to work out sort of your, your content strategy around what what are you going to be able to teach? Okay. What are you going to be able to talk about on your podcast? So one of the things will be just to break down into different segments, okay. um, the different parts of the skills that you have that you can then talk about. So you've got content. So once you break it, once you break it down to say maybe five different segments within your mm-hmm. your area of expertise, then you want to brainstorm in one segment. Then what can you brainstorm off that as to what kind of things you can teach around? So, that. so can I stop you right there because yeah. I want to make sure that I get specific enough. If somebody who's just starting on, they go like, "Hey, I know exactly what I need to do and can start the podcast out." So for example, like right. I said. I'm a photographer and mm. I want to get my podcast out there right. and then I want people to know that I'm an amazing photographer and I want to use the podcasting tool as a uh, marketing thing where people listen to me right. and then come hire me. Right. So, so how do I get that? Sort it out, right? Yeah. Okay. So the next thing is, is your branding. So, um, okay, so when you go on to um, a podcast channel and you're looking for all the different podcasts that are out there, one of the things will be go and study what's already out there. Go and study who your so-called competition is out Mm -hmm. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. So go and have a look and see what's going on out there and then what kind of niche you can fill. So what are other people doing? How can you do it a little bit differently? How can you look a little bit different? And then... um, so then moving on from there will be like um, designing your tile. That's the, the picture, the image that's going to represent your podcast, your brand. So how are you going to design that? What are you going to look, look for in that in terms of look at your competition, look at what's already out there. How can you stand out maybe visually with your tile as well would be one thing. And just look at how other people are doing it so that you make sure that you're kind of standing out from them, but you're also not doing things that are too outlandish as well. You don't want to make mistakes in what you do. So kind of things like some of the things will be you put too much information on your tile. And then when you look at how big or small these the tiles are on people's computers, it's can they read it, right? Can they see it? So that's another thing. Um, so I was just say, yeah, look at that as well. So you're building your brand. You've got to make sure your brand um, follows through with what, what the rest of your brand is as well so like for example i'm the the your business fairy godmother so that's represented on my tile and the thing as well so that kind of stuff is there um so yeah so that's that's one thing and then um looking at the equipment that you need making sure you have the equipment Uh, and that 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 varies from person to person and podcast podcast so it's just looking at what's available and what you can use to do that okay mm. it's that simple that's it <laughs> well that's not that simple <laughs> of course it's I mean, not obviously yeah. there's more to but but someone who can literally just follow these steps they can absolutely get started and then starting the podcasting thing will be a lot more easier as compared to not knowing this information yeah that's right and then you need to find a platform that you want to host your your podcast on and well, since you're the expert, what platform would you, in not even like Pacific, like platform, platform, but what things and features that you recommend a person should should look for when they're thinking of a podcast hosting that you feel like? And be honest. Okay. Right. So you, you've got some free ones out there, but sure. from what I understand from them, um, these are good if you're just starting out and you're just experimenting. Right. But as you, if you want to really be serious with it and you want to get going with it, um, you want to be looking at upgrading at some point so that the sound is better and things like that. Right. Um, but there are podcast um, platforms out there. You want to make sure that you can disseminate to the different um, podcast channels. So you want to be able to eat very easily, get your podcast out to Apple, to Spotify, Stitcher, and all the, you know, the main big um platforms that are out there 
right. you would want to also be able to copy that onto your website. So there needs to be some way that you can get the coding to put on your website, to, to create it on your website as well. That's something I'd recommend. Um, what else? What else? I mean, basically with the one that I have, um, one of the things is being able to, because um, when you do a podcast, the right. sound has to be right. And the sound is the most important part of it, really, because people will put up with bad video as long as the sound is good, but they won't put up with bad sound if the video is good. Right. So the sound has to be the, the, the key thing. Yeah. Um, and then with the channels like um, Apple and, and places like that, um, they do require good quality sound. So having a an app that you can run your audio through to equalize it, make sure it sounds OK. That's that's another another issue. So you want it to sound quite professional. Um, another one that my one does that I love is, you know, at the beginning of your podcast, you, you can have an intro and at the end you can have an outro and it's the same every week uh, or, every, or every session. So you have an intro and an outro. So um, rather than me having to edit every session to put the intro in front of the video and put the outro at the end of the video, um, the software that I use does that for me. All right on on every so I don't have to worry about all of that kind of stuff. Right. So <laughs> I just want everything as easy as possible. So. <laughs> all right. Speaking of intro and outro, I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. And what things do you feel like a per a person who's starting on a podcast they should include in their intros and outros? Right. So the good thing to to put together is a like your core message. So you want to make it very clear at the beginning of your podcast who this podcast is for. So what is it that you're covering? Who is it that you're doing it for? And the value that they're going to get from it. So basically, as long as you have those three elements, you know, this is a podcast for X that's going to cover X, Y, Z, right? And then that's, that's, um, that's what you need. And then you can decide whether you want to um, record that intro yourself. Okay. Or whether you want to get a voiceover, professional voiceover talent to do that for you. So that's what I did. I just got, um, there's a place called voices.com. What is it and called? I, voices.com. Voices? Yeah. Okay. I think I think that's what it's called. Never, never even heard of it. Okay, yeah. So it's just like an online platform that um, matches up people wanting uh, the service with professional voiceover talent. So you can go in and you can listen to different voices, uh -huh. and you decide which one you like, and they can audition for you as well. And then um, you choose, you narrow it down, you choose which one you want, and then they will record. You make your payment and they'll record the, the voiceover for you. So I did mine. So this is what, like I had mine up. Basically, once I decided to do my podcast, I literally had it up within two days from setting the whole thing up to getting the voiceover talent because the voiceover over talent was so quick. I think it was a Saturday night or it was a Friday night. I think it was a Friday night that I, I went on the platform and I chose the talent. And I would say within a couple of hours, she had the voiceover back to me. So I was just able then to put it in my editing software and create that um, voiceover intro with a bit of music in the background. And that was it. I had it done. Wow. <laughs> How was your experience in terms of, you know, them, uh, uh, well, into reaction you have with it. I'm assuming it was through email or whatever, or how did that work out? What did, what did you need to tell them? Like, hey, I need to do blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, so on voices.com, what you do is you, you, first of all, you go and post your job, if you like. You say okay. to them what it is you want. So I'm doing, I, I want an intro to a podcast. Then you give them the script, uh, what you want them to say, um, and the the length the estimated length that you want right how, how short it has to be in terms of time mm 
Okay. And um, then you choose, you could, there's two ways. You can either just go and, and put your, your job up and then you get voice talent bidding for the job. So then okay. you can look at what comes through and then you listen to their samples and then you choose the one that you best like. Um, or you can do it the other way where you go and look at the list of voice talents on the platform and go and listen to some that you like, and then you can directly contact them through the platform. You can contact them as well. So that's another way. Okay. Uh, you can do it both ways. Well, that's fairly simple. And thank you so much for sharing that uh, particular resources. I didn't know that, but people who are starting out now, they're starting the podcast. I'm sure they will appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. So... Yeah, so now we got up intros. Now we got, uh, I guess you could do the same thing with the outro. So it's just, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Or you just, you, or you could use um, one one of them for both or what do we do? What, what I mean, do? yeah, I mean, different people do it different ways. So you could do the an, another message for the outro. So you could actually automate in that sense your call to action. So if you have the same call to action after every session, you could sort of be saying, you know, like, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast get share it like it whatever um so you could do that call to action as a pre-recorded thing okay. so that could go on the end for mine i just have music at the end Got it. Oh. and i i just at the end of every session that i record i just do that call to action myself rather than getting someone else to do it for me and speaking of call to action, what would be a good ideas or good things to have call to action for? For example, uh, go to my website and get yeah. this free thing or go to my YouTube or what kind of things would yeah. you include in call to action? Yeah. So it, it depends what you want them to do. I guess. Really. Right. Um, so for when I have guests on, then um, my call to action is to um, get um, the audience to go to my guests platforms so whichever my guests um what would they give me i will then actually say go and check this out so that's my call to action for them um so there's different things you can do on a podcast oh and that's another thing actually as well is when you do your podcast you want to decide what kind of podcast show you're going to be running so do you want it to be a solo show where it's just you and you're the one that um is speaking every session and you may decide that you want your podcast just to be able to promote your own stuff solely and nothing else. Right. All right. So then the call to action at the end of every session will be some kind of offer you have, or you're sending them to your website or a landing page where you're offering something. Uh, and you're always wanting, I think a good thing every time is to get them to ask them to share, ask them to um, subscribe so that they can get hold of the next one so that's a good thing to do um but they you could like as as we do um your sessions could be um oh, my sessions are kind of a mix between me talking on my own for some sessions and me interviewing people for other sessions gotcha. and when you're interviewing people that's also it's a great thing because as you say you build a community faster mm -hmm. because you're you're reaching a wider audience because you, you're not only got your own audience, you've got your guest audience as well. Right. So Absolutely. It's a way to, to get your, your message out to more people in that sense. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's definitely if you are just starting out and wow. you have zero audiences, I feel like wow. I, I don't know how I can increase it. Or you have a little bit of audience. Let's just say 100 people listen to your show, 100 yeah. listens. And then wow. you want to go into the like thousand series, go mm -hmm. on other people's podcasts and yeah. be a guest and then you know that way you could increase your help increase your listenership for your show yeah. when they come up there and speaking of going other people's audiences and other people's podcasts mm -hmm. what kind of things like when you go to other people's audience like for example we're doing right now and then how how do you go and tell them that make sure you add enough value where other people is going to go and do that or what kind of things you would share i guess it's like a uh, I would say it's for if you are being interviewed, it makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Because you don't have to think, because you know your content, you right. know your stuff, and the yeah. other person, it becomes the other person's job was interviewing you a little yeah. uh, interesting or harder because you're like, hey, I'm here, ask me anything. <laughs> uh, 
Now, okay, so what I have is um, something called a one sheet. Okay. And a one sheet is, as it says, it's one sheet. <laughs> it's, like it's one sheet of paper um, where you're basically summarizing your value proposition for that, um, for, for having you on somebody else's show. So your one sheet needs to be um, a quick introduction to you and your brand. Um, a bit of a bio as to who you are and your authority and why you are an authority on the particular subject matter you're dealing with. Yep. Um, it's useful to be able to give them some subject matters that you cover so that they can understand how that fits in with their target audience. Can you give value to their target audience? Because yep. um, it's, it's, there's not much point having someone on your show if they've got no relation whatsoever to anything that your audience is interested in. It's a bit of a waste of time, right? So you need to be able to identify what value that they can give to your audience. So you're giving value to your audience yourself by having that guest on the show. And then um, giving them some questions that they can actually ask. You can include that on the one sheet as well. And then your contact details, how can they contact you and your links to social media and things like that. Um, so with that information, at least they can make a decision as, as to whether they want you on their show or not. Um, and they've got the information that they need. And then um, with you having questions on there about what kind of questions you're willing to answer, that's you're helping them in a way that they don't have to come up with the questions themselves. Right. And um, so it makes it easier for them. And also you're then controlling the narrative because you've said, I'll answer these questions. And if you can't answer your own questions, you have a problem. <laughs> right. So at least if you're if you're if you know what questions are coming up, then you're obviously going to know um, enough about what it is you're talking about. Right. That you can actually answer those questions. So right. that helps as well. Yeah, definitely. Answer your own question. If you get, like I said, you can't answer your own question, then you shouldn't be interviewing in all in the first place. <laughs> that would not make any sense. And, and then more of you do your interview is things like that. And then the more comfortable you get, speaking uncomfortable. Uh, if somebody who's giving their interview the very first time, any tips you can share to make them feel comfortable? Like, hey, I'm nervous. This is my very first interview. I, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to screw this up. And I want to make sure I add a lot of value to people who are listening okay. to this. Okay. Well, I think the comfortable thing about it is it's pre-recorded, so you can edit a lot of the time, right? So that that's one thing is you at least you have the comfort of knowing that you can go back and you can edit things if something goes wrong. Right. Um, my very first podcast with a guest, I did. Well, that was another thing. When I first set up my podcast show, I put I think five podcasts up. Um, all in one go so at least it looked like there was some content on there when it was launched right so that's one thing I did um, and then the first interview that I did after that um, I interviewed someone and she hadn't set up her audio correctly on right. on her side and I didn't check that the audio was working when I did the interview with her. So when I played it back afterwards, after I said bye, <laughs> and I played it back, you could hear me and then silence. And then where she was speaking, it hadn't recorded. And then you could hear me again and then silence, right? So it hadn't picked up her voice at all because she, she was using the wrong mic setting on her computer. So I had to go back to her and say, can we come on again? <laughs> And it just uh, luckily it happened on that particular day. She had time and I had time, so we just we just redid it. Right. Uh, so that was yeah, that was an experience. So I yeah, and and that's something as well. When you make these mistakes, at least you learn and you'll never forget the next time, right? So um, being um, being able to to test. So what I do usually when I get a guest on now is I will just uh, have a pre-chat with them before we start the actual recording. Okay. And so that makes everyone comfortable anyway. So if you're having a chat beforehand and everyone's sort of settled down. And right. then I just, during that pre-chat, I'll just record a little bit of that. And then before we do the main recording, I'll just listen back to that recording and just make sure it was, it's actually, it's actually Be there, right? So yeah. I make sure that yeah, yeah. correct. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you definitely. Yeah, like, that's a great, great point to bring it up because before your interview, you make sure you have a good checks in terms of audio, your internet, and the person where they're gonna be sitting. It's the same environment because you don't yeah. want to be like interviewing, especially if you do a video class, right? And right. then you're gonna planning on putting it somewhere else. And then you're like, hey, I'm gonna interview you. You could be in a video, and then next to you, you got some stuff in the background, like a a bourbon or some kids running around and then you're like i can't edit that i don't want to edit that so just make sure you are to have some settings like very comfortable like yours right now and you know it's like it's like oh my god and then so yeah definitely those checks are definitely one of them one of them is like you can't hear that person number two yeah. they can hear you and number yeah. three the most important one i feel like is the internet that connection is pretty solid where not in the middle of it is going to go out and they're like yeah what what happened oh. <laughs> that, that that would be the worst thing to do i right. think personally well i think yeah these are some of the things and these as i say this is mostly it's pre-recorded so at least if things go wrong you can you can stitch things together right. um i i did a webinar the other day and that went wrong <laughs> that was live and what happened was i'm gonna change my mouse because i was using my mouse and it was really sensitive and i just moved it a tiny little bit and my my screen just blew up everything just magnified so then i lost the controls i couldn't move to the next slide so in the end and i couldn't get it back down i couldn't work out how to do that so i just said okay i'm gonna log off <laughs> and i'm gonna log back in and hopefully this will fix itself when i come back so that's what i had to do so there was about 15 seconds on the on the video where it's just blank nothing's happening um because i was gone and then i had to come back in and start again right. well not start again but just resume from where i was so right. these things happen and um and i think as well when they do happen um it just one it shows you as human and it's how you react to the situation that then people i think accept you as being more authentic as well Right. So you, then you come across more like them. You're not sort of up on a pedestal. You're, you know, you're gonna have to play one kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I think the best thing you could do is like be acceptable to change because things yeah. that you're gonna do, they're gonna change. And then if you can't learn to be acceptable to change, then you're gonna be stuck and you will not yeah. move forward. Because like there has anything can happen, right? <laughs> literally, there has been some some situation where I was podcast and I was interviewing someone and sometime the person who I was interviewing, I mean, not I was, I was giving the interview and that person's thing didn't work out. I'm like, oh man. And then, you know, and if I was in a kind of person, like I'm stuck and I only want to do one way. I was like, you know what? Your thing is not working. Let me put it on mine and I'll give you the, whatever you need, the audio, the video, and then you could do whatever you want with it. You know, that kind of thing. And then another one was like where uh, the person's like, hey, I'm recording. And then all of a sudden they had a blackout. The electricity went out. I was like, like, it happens. So I was like, no problem. Yeah, just reschedule it. And then we reschedule it. It worked out pretty good. Things happen. So you have to be a little more flexible, I suppose. Not not be like kind of person like, hey, you messed up. I'm never going to talk to you again. And you were like, well, I'm like, oh my God, no way. You got to, you have to show some human, human side to it. Like you said, and the flexibility, because that does help out. Because if you do that now, later on, a week, two months, or two months later, it's going to come back to you. I feel that way. Right. Yes. Yeah. And when it comes back, it's going to come back a million times more than you're like, oh, wow. And only thing you really did was just treated that person like right. with respect, with, you know, and a care. And a, like what I always do is like I treat whoever I'm interviewing, whoever I'm talking to, like they are my family member. I want to do everything for them. Right. That's my thing. So, like, okay. okay. Yeah. And then I would say another thing is, um, Different people have different, uh, I would say, attitudes to the quality of their podcast and how they want it to be. So for me, I just decided because tech isn't really my thing and I don't want to be spending a lot of time editing. Right. Um, I'm basically, it's going up as it was recorded, unless something really, really goes wrong, right? Then I don't edit at all. Where I know some people, uh, they've told me that they, like every time they go, um you know, that kind of stuff, they will edit that out. And so that's, that's too much work for me. That's 
I, I, the, re- the reason why I'm shaking my neck is because I used to do that when I started the whole podcasting thing. I'm like, I want it to be so perfect where for someone listen to it, they're going to think like they're listening to a damn English lecture and then no one listen to it. <laughs> because, you know, if you think about it, like, why would anyone want to listen to anything? Because well, number one, they can relate. And how how does someone relate to it? Relate mm-hmm. to it because they, I am just like them. I make mistakes or I screw up or I do things, you know? Yes. If someone can relate to that, like, hey, I am just like Mark or I am just like you, yeah. like, I want to listen to more of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, exactly. So, it doesn't need to be too polished. And and this 80-20 principle, basically, if it's 80% there, it's good enough kind of thing. You know, it's because otherwise, if you if you if you're waiting for it to be perfect or trying to make it perfect, it just delays, you know, you're putting whole. it out there and yep. You may and never then, yeah, yeah, the perfectionist yeah. syndrome, whatever you want to call it, there's so many different nouns there. So we'll just call yeah. it perfectionist for now. Mm-hmm. The more you try to perfect it, the more you're going to delay it. The more you're going to delay it, the more frustrated you're going to get because it's taking so long. And in essence, you will get frustrated to the point where you're like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> Screw it. Too hard. <laughs> exactly. As compared to, like you say, 80-20. If 80% is good, the other 20%, I'll deal with it. Or I'll improve yeah. it in the next episode or right. in the next thing. Yeah. So Yeah. And you learn as you go along, right? Exactly. Wow. Well. Yeah. Speaking of learning, what things have you learned since your first episode? What things have I learned? Um like in, well, in terms of podcasting and all yeah the first one is the microphone thing and test it first <laughs> okay. one. um the, 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 for the video part of it is the lighting which you very kindly helped me with with our last with our last uh interview mm-hmm. so what happened i was on another interview with mark before and um my light i was all really overexposed and yellow and we couldn't work out what the hell was going on right and uh, so it turned out, and this is another thing actually that might help people is I had, I don't know what they call it, can't remember now, on the Mac anyway, you have this, you can have a night shift vision kind of thing where the, the Mac, the lighting will dim in the evening. Okay. But, so it, it gives this yellowish tinge. So I didn't realize that that affected my camera as well. I had no idea that this was happening. So if I was working in the evening on my computer, it didn't look so white and bright. It was a quite a comfortable lighting for me to actually be working on. Right. But it translated through to the camera as well. So what you saw on the camera was also yellow as well. So that was an issue. And then the other thing was my lighting was too too bright as well, right? And I think so it's called like soft, soft light is a little more yellowish and then the yeah. daylight is a little bright, yeah. uh, white light. Yeah. So Mark advised me to just go and get a, a, a daylight bulb. I'm like, I can do that, okay? <laughs> Isn't that simple? Like, dude. <laughs> and it's just made such a difference. So, yeah, just little little tips like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I got this little setup here. I got two light bulbs in front of my camera. I like a webcam and I can uh, my mic. And that's it. Nothing yeah. complicated about it. I'm not yeah. doing the, the like the, yeah. you know channel mixer thing, whatever. Like it's right. USB mic. It doesn't get any easier than that. Yeah. And, and another, of, oh, sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. So another thing that I've learned um, also is um, to get so you can see on your video here you've got your microphone we can see your microphone there and you, you've right. got that on boom arm right? right so i used to have my microphone on the desk okay and so every time i touch the desk right it just echoed through the microphone and it's yep. so loud so i couldn't even put a coffee cup down i'd have to do it really quietly put a pen down it would, <laughs> you know you'd hear everything so when i when i put it on a boom instead that made a lot of difference as well yeah yeah definitely that boom arm definitely does help a lot because when i first started with the whole online world i had a mic like you said on your desk and i would like do the tutorial and i'm typing and all i heard like yeah i totally understand so yeah those things that i learned along the way like don't have it there or if you're gonna do it you know and then in your software recording then don't record the keys and things of that nature so that does help Oh, how right. do you do that? Because that was another thing I was going to say. Because I used to have one of those um, gaming keyboards, 
Okay. Right? They're really loud. You know, the, I don't you know the really, really it sounds like a typewriter, really every everything you punch was really, really loud. So I changed that to a a more modern, quiet keyboard. So that was <laughs> but how do you how do you not record your keyboards? Well, well, the way that works is like in I I don't know which recording software you use. I use Camtasia, and in there it gives you an option to when you're doing the screen recording, not the video recording, but the screen recording part. Where uh, meaning screen recording being that if you're showing somebody, hey, go to this website, go click on that, things of that nature, you can tell it not to record your system audio, and then it will somewhat minimizes it. Okay, got it, got it. So that's if you're doing a demonstration teaching something yeah. yeah okay yeah i would think when you're doing the video part of it you don't have to worry about the keyboard because it's just you know just yeah, to, it's just the video part, yeah. right and, if right, you're yeah. demonstrating something on the, the computer you need to yeah, yeah. okay so don't yeah. record system audio correct that will that will help you minimize it because then yeah. it will not do anything when key report related well right. then again depending on which software i use camtasia and you know some people use audition adobe audition things of that nature okay. so everything everyone has a different thing but i feel like the uh, camtasia one is simple but yet so powerful yeah and it's just so powerful it's like wow i, I, yeah. I don't even do it anymore <laughs> so i don't use anything i used to use like adobe premiere the other the, or what you call audacity and there's a couple of other ones i'm like once right. i switched it to camtasia okay. it literally has everything you could do the screen recording as yeah. well as the editing mm -hmm. part and then it spits yeah. out your mp3 for your or podcast as well as your video file for different right. resolutions and things like that oh, so cool. it works out great so all in package yeah. in one I have Camtasia too. Mm. So it works out. So. Small <laughs> world, we use the same thing. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. Let's move on to my podcasting career as a photographer. So I got my podcast, I got my hosting, and mm -hmm. how do I get people to go actually listen to my wonderful, amazing podcast? Oh, that's that's the marketing side of it, right? <laughs> so you just go and share it to everyone. So um, sharing it to your community, just put Facebook posts out, things like that. Um, just getting people to share because you're, you're giving value. It's another way for you to give value to your community by them not just hearing from you all the time. And that's something that, that they would appreciate, I think, because you're actually bringing other people into their world saying i've got an expert for you here come and listen to this so that's another way to to increase your your listenership um yeah and another thing which you mentioned earlier was like call to action when you do the call to action oh, yeah. when people are like hey by the way go click this link in the show notes the description what you uh -huh. want to call it and uh -huh. then you go opt into my email list and when you get opt yeah. into email list like when you have a new uh episode out you blast that out you could also do that yeah. too so thank yeah. you for sharing that as well yeah. so you got your facebook yeah. you get your email and then obviously you know your other social media platform like facebook yeah. uh, instagram pinstrip yeah. that also works as well and then you know youtube yeah. search engine if you're doing the video part of it mm, yeah so basically that the, the key is to to get them on to capture them in your list in, in some form wherever you're having your lists you're building your list mm -hmm. you want to get them so that you can market to them again as well right. so yeah. once they're on your list you can continue to build that relationship in whichever channel that you're using to do that yeah i am so surprised to know there are plenty of podcasters out there that do oh, yeah. not use oh. email marketing as their tool and okay. they're like i need to promote myself but you have no one to promote it to like, <laughs> I, i'm so astonished like what do you mean i i know you get emails from other people offering you stuff uh -huh. You are you are a consumer. I know that. Why don't you become a producer where you are on the other side sending it? <laughs> you know, and I think that I feel like some of the thing is because like I don't know how to do that. You know, things of that nature. So I think the very simplest one would be uh, if you could tell me if I'm wrong or you know if you have different experiences with it right. or different tools resources right. would be like a Mailchimp. It's free. Like damn, it doesn't get any easier than that. Uh, what resource yeah. do you have? Yeah. Okay. I have a different one. Um, I have something called Simplero, Simplero. which yeah, okay. it's, it's not many people have heard of it, and it doesn't one of the it, it doesn't um, integrate very well with a lot of other things. Okay. 
But the reason I, because I mentioned earlier, I just want everything to be simple, right? I don't want to deal with all the tech stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I got really frustrated as I was going through this journey of, of learning all the different tools that are out there. And then they're always changing as well. New things come along and technology changes. But the good news is that technology, technology is always changing to get simpler. Right. right. So it, it's easier to do this stuff than it used to be a few years ago. But what I got frustrated with was that you, I would be paying so many different subscriptions for different apps to do one thing. To the, so you, basically you're building a, a sales funnel. So the sales funnel is created with different, there's different aspects to it and there's different apps. You need a landing page, you need your email software, you know, all that kind of stuff. You need video and all that kind of stuff. So everything was all on separate apps. So, so if you're email marketing, that was a separate app as well. So something like MailChimp, I used to use Active Campaign as well. Okay. I love Active Campaign; it was really good. But the thing is, it's a separate tool, right? To to the rest of the stuff, so it has to all be integrated all together. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them work well, some of them don't work as well, and some of them work some work better together than others, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, and then I found Simplero. <laughs> Simplero. Just How do you spell that, by the way? Just directly. Like simple, then R O. R O. Okay. Yeah, Sim Simplero. So it's from it's a company that originated in Denmark. Um, okay. The guy who runs it is now in New York as well. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. So, so the, the the thing that attracted me to that was that it just put everything in in one place. So. Uh, I could build my website on it. I can build as many landing pages as I wanted on it. I could build my membership sites, put my courses on them, do my email marketing, do um, SMS marketing. It's all there in one. And it's quite easy to use once you, obviously there's a learning curve to learn how to do it, but right. um, building websites on it is just so simple. It's untrue um, and landing pages. So this just made everything much more simple for me to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, that's what I use to do my email marketing at the moment. <clears throat> All right. That, I thank you for sharing it once again. Another one. We got the voice, we got some plural and you know, we got more coming, I guess. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. I, I used to be like the same thing. I used like long time ago when I was doing my uh, photography thing, I right. used MailChimp. Then I used active campaign. I even got into the board with the A-Ripper and okay. convert cake and yeah. all of those things. And then yeah. got to the point where like, like you said, every single one of them has every different things that are really good at it. And yeah. I was like, hey, I wish there was a platform in which you can just combine the whole damn thing mm -hmm. and then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And apparently there wasn't anyone. So I was like, you know what? Just like with my company, Simple Podcast Cloud, I was I created something on my own proprietary right. for my business is only that that does okay. everything that I need. And okay. what I realized is like all these different uh, marketing campaigns and then different marketing company, email marketing companies, they charge you, let's just say 30 bucks, right? For a sending 2000 contacts, you can have 2000 contacts on average, right? And you could yeah. send them like 5,000 emails or so 2000 content, only unlimited thing. And if you go over 2000, then you have, you can only send like 4,000 emails or something like that. Right. Whatever, right? Go up to the next plan or something. Right. Then you go to next plan, next plan, next plan, yeah. next plan, next plan. Yeah. Right? And when I was like, okay, and then I did the same thing. Next plan, next plan, next plan. <laughs> to the point where I was like, oh my God, this is getting ridiculous and I'm not getting everything that I want, right? Yeah. And then I was like, let me go try to find out if there's a way I can actually build it because I have a technology background because I know a lot about web development and things of that nature. Right. What I realized, these companies are using behind scenes, these other companies, they do the transactional email. Like for example, when you go book something, Okay. A book, book a flight or hotel mm -hmm. or whatever, and you mm -hmm. get an email notification saying, "Hey, by the way, this is your confirmation number." Those are yep. called transactional email, and these right. transaction email company, for example, SendGrin is the, one of the greatest ones I use right. personally as well. Mm -hmm. And then there is a SparkPost and a couple of other ones. They will charge mm -hmm. you. Get ready for this. For <laughs> twenty thousand, or let's just say, I think I want to say forty thousand emails 
per month mm-hmm. only like nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. like ten bucks, ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, mm-hmm. wow, if I can get that kind of deal, forty thousand emails, I send it out every single month, obviously with the automation, the sales funds, and everything else, uh-huh. and then I will, I can literally build a tool around it, right? But obviously, okay. I understand, I know the technology background, yeah. so I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. For someone who may not know the tech, who's not very technical side before, these companies yeah. are really good. Simplero seems like pretty good deal because you get everything with it. Yeah, you get the email marketing, you get the 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 membership site and the product and sales and things like that that's definitely that's good the one. only thing they don't do is webinar that's the only thing that's not that's the the missing piece is the webinar otherwise it's all met right <laughs> okay. and then there's another one another re- resource that I want to share is called let me just make sure I spell it right is po Podio, I don't know if you ever heard of it yeah Podio Podio for a while yeah yeah they're pretty good too yeah in terms of but they don't do any email marketing kind of thing this is only like hey if you want to sell your online courses go sell on that platform and they have a very very good affordable competitive price as well Mm -hmm. so that's that works out for some people who are looking to do that too but back to the whole webinar podcasting thing i know people who are like okay now when we talked about so much stuff in here i know someone who's just starting out they're gonna be like hey if i just follow these damn tips i know i can become a successful uh podcaster things of nature i'm like i know what i need to do i know how to create my content i know Mm -hmm. where i need to go set it up i know how i need to market it where other people can listen to it then Mm -hmm. the next and obvious question becomes like how do i make the damn money (laughs) (laughs) and that's and that's going to lead into what we literally just talked about right about the different platforms where you can go and create online courses so from that i will let you take it away okay um so how do you promoting your stuff so that you're actually going to bring people over to to buy like for right exactly right right yeah so yeah so um obviously you want to monetize what from what you're doing so podcast is is there's two things to a podcast one is it helps you to build your brand and your authority just Mm -hmm. like as if you were an author so when people write a book and they get a book published it, automa- it automatically gives them that degree of authority right. because people will trust people who have a book, right? And so you could think of a podcast as your audio book in a way, right? right. <laughs> so it's a way for you to have a show, um, put it out there, um, share your knowledge, build your credibility, build your brand. So, so that's one way. But also you're giving value to your listeners because you're putting out content that helps them. Right, which is key. So this right. idea of giving first, you've got to give, give. And so with a, if you do a successful podcast and you do it right, then you're going to, over time, you're going to build an audience that trusts you and is looking forward to hearing the things that you're putting out because it helps them. Um, and then they, they want to hear more. You can then bring them over into your world, into your ecosystem, and that can be send them to a landing page, offer them something. They will sign up, um, you capture their email, then you can continue marketing to them. And you can build what we call a product ladder, okay. where this is your funnel kind of thing, right? So you, you build a product ladder, you offer them something that's maybe quite affordable. When they consume that and they trust you, you can then go on to the next step and offer them the next thing so that they're constantly buying from you. And one of the things in Simplero is this membership site. So you can you can actually build membership sites where you can put your courses into these membership sites and you could um, also do you could do weekly training or monthly training. Just put some extra content on there on a regular basis so that they're they're paying a subscription to have that content and you just update it every you know on a regular basis. So that's another way you can earn. So having a subscription model means you've got regular income coming in as long as they're subscribing and as long as you have enough people doing that you can make a nice income but you have to keep marketing on that because as people leave you've got to bring more people in to to sustain that income yeah definitely that's one of the disadvantage of the whole monthly income recurring thing is yeah. like if you have those uh what i call is a low boulder kind of thing people yeah. want to come in and do it and then take all the stuff they want and yeah. then next month they're gone 
for a mm. couple of number of reasons. One is like they are either not ready for it or mm. they feel like they have their own, uh, what I call it, like a mental challenges. They feel like they are not good enough to get the things that you want them to get, even though they truly, honestly have the ability to do that. But yeah. you cannot help somebody who is not willing to help him or her self Sometimes first. It, it can seem overwhelming. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, where do I start kind of thing? So that, that's one of the reasons I, I like to say to have a system, because if you can sell it as a system and you say to people, right, start here, right? right? And then you do, don't jump ahead because you're just going to get overwhelmed. Start here. <laughs> right. And that helps, right? If you, if you just overload people with too much content and they're all over the place trying to consume it, it, it they might as well just go and Google on YouTube. <laughs> something on youtube right <laughs> for free <laughs> you know i speak speaking of youtube go ahead i'll let you finish i'll let you finish first I'll... so the advantage of buying a course from someone is you're really paying for that systemization of the learning right because anybody can find anything on youtube you can go and google on youtube and you can learn anything you want but it, it's all over the place and it's not systemized you might be learning what you should learn last instead of what you should learn first kind of thing. So actually the benefit of buying courses is that you get that systemization, the structure. And, and mm. I 100% agree mm. with you. You and I and anybody else out there who puts a video on YouTube, we mm. all know we are helping people through our videos, but we're not gonna give them a systematic thing. Step one, step two, step three, and then this is how you get it done. We, mm. them, we might give them step one here, and then two months later, step three, we, we may forget to give them step two because we're like, we just want to help you as quick as possible way. And that's that. But if yeah. you take our course, we have spent like gazillions hours. Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but we have spent a lot of time right. trying to try to. <laughs> trying to try to systemize this whole thing yeah. and then put in the thoughts and did that research what people are actually looking for what yeah. is it that you want help with yeah. you know That's as right. compared to when we create a video whatever comes to our mind like oh i think that would be a good idea okay great yeah. do that yeah you know exactly. <clears throat> that that's also good but when, yeah. like you said systemization that's number one reason why would yeah. anyone spend money on yeah. getting the courses or anything mm. like that uh, to put things in perspective and validate things mm. for people who listen to this like mm. and why they're spending money they are doing right now they just mm. don't realize they're buying the system for example if you're sick there's a system you yeah. go to the doctor you see the uh -huh. reception and then the doctor sees you and then after that you get your prescription to get the medicine that yeah. is a system and you pay for that mm -mm -mm. yeah yeah that's literally right. so it's the same concept you people have been doing that for like longest time they just don't realize for example if you go to grocery store what do you need to do get in your car go to the grocery store buy the stuff and then whatever stuff you want to get it's in a systematic order the produce yeah. is in produce the produce is not in frozen section yeah yeah exactly right right <laughs> So that's why I, that's what I'm saying. I'm so glad you brought that the systemization. Yeah. That's what people pay for it because that's what they're used to getting it. And if they get it in that way, they're like, "Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I really learned from it." For example, yeah. when you took your course about podcasting, yeah, why did you buy it? Just out of curiosity. <sighs> I can't really think of the thought processes at the time why I bought it, but yeah, I thought um, she's that the lady that was doing the course thought, okay, she runs her own podcast. She obviously knows what she's doing. Right. Um, so she's got knowledge that I don't have. So basically, that was that was right. it. I, exactly. I need to buy this, and it, it wasn't expensive either. So um, and then it, it was just a simple course, and most of it was actually the way she did it was she did it on Trello, which is really interesting. I don't know if you know Trello. Yep, I know it. Yeah. I know all so she, of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> So she basically just created the course on Trello and just okay. did written notes. Um, I don't even know if there were videos. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there were videos. There was videos as well. Um, but basically, she just systemized the whole thing. Okay, right. Do this first, second, this, third, this. And it went along the, you know, the card system. Right. And, um, you know, and as I said, within two days, I had the podcast up and done. 
and it, and it was a system it was step by step right do it this way start with this start with that then do this yep. then do this then do this yep. right? and, and, and at the end you got the result you want and that's all mm -hmm. that people care about hey can you help me get the result that i'm looking for not yes. just get it but get help me get it faster yeah that's the key yeah yeah, yeah. So. exactly yeah yep. so it's it, you basically shorten people's learning curve because i could you know, if I had put my mind to it, I could say, okay, I'll go and research how to do a podcast and I can find it online, right? But then also then you're dealing with all these, this confusing information because one person saying, do it on this platform, another person saying it, do it on this platform. And then it's like, okay, well, which one shall I use? <laughs> or, or you would make it worse when you, especially speaking of YouTube, you are listening to somebody or watching somebody and they're talking. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying because there are different <laughs> languages. But even the content might be good, it might be different language. However, right. maybe they're presenting it in a way that you, you don't like it because their yep. audio sucks, <laughs> you know? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that makes a huge difference. So, all yeah. right, I mean, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I truly oh, appreciate it. God. The I wealth of it. knowledge that was shared here today. Oh my <laughs> God. If someone could just listen to that, take action, they can not only just create their own podcast, but they can also create their own digital product. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. So tell, tell me a little bit about like, how can people get in touch with you? Okay. You can get in touch with me at, you've got my name on the screen here at angedove.com. That's okay. my website that you'll find me at. And then um, you can go through there to see what courses, et cetera, are on there and how you can uh, listen to my podcast as well. <laughs> there you go. That's on there as well. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay.